Welcome to the April 18th, 2022 podcast of Wisdom Today. Hello, my name is Bill Kelly and I'll be your host today. Today we'll be going over Proverb 18, but before we begin, let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for everyone within the sound of my voice. Lord, I pray that you would give them ears to hear and a heart to receive what you would have them receive from this broadcast today. Lord, I pray that they would get wisdom and that they would get new revelation from this podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's begin with verse number one. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. A fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. When the wicked comes, contempt comes also, and with dishonor comes reproach. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. It is not good to show partiality to the wicked or to overthrow the righteous in judgment. A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calls for blows. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. The words of a tale-bearer are like tasty trifles, and they go down into the inmost body. He who is slothful in his work is a brother to him who is a great destroyer. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it, and are safe. The rich man's wealth is his strong city, and like a high wall in his own esteem. Before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty, and before honor is humility. He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. The spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness. But who can bear a broken spirit? The heart of the prudent acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. The first one to plead his cause seems right until his neighbor comes and examines him. Casting lots causes contentions to cease and keeps the mighty apart. A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city, and contentions are like the bars of a castle. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. The poor man uses entreaties, but the rich answers roughly. A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Today we are going to look at verse 21. Death 
and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Guys, today we're going to talk about the power of our words. And we're going to go to the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. In verse 6 it says, Then God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. In verse 9, Then God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. In verse 11, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. In verse 14, Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons, and for days and years, and let them be for light on the earth, lights in the firmament of the heavens, to give light on the earth, and it was so. So guys, very quickly, everything on earth that you see today was created by the words of God. And God said, and God said, and God said, and it was so. So for a brief moment, let's forget about this uh, theory of evolution. Um, that is not how the world was created. That is not how anything was created. But everything was created by the words of God. Now let's go to the New Testament. And I told you last week that James, the author of this book, was a uh, half-brother of Jesus, and he lived with Jesus. Basically, he was raised in the same household with Jesus, so he knew him very well. But I like in chapter 3, beginning in verse 2, it talks about the power of words and the power of our tongue. Beginning in verse 2, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue 
is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles? And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. So guys, in a nutshell, what this is telling us is that our words have power. The world's And everything we see in life were created by the words of God. Our words can bring forth either life or death. Now, when I'm talking about life or death here, I'm not talking about physical life or death. I'm talking about spiritual life or death. Man is a spirit. And we also have a soul, and we live in a body. But man is spirit. So our spirit is the same spirit that lived in Jesus Christ when he was on earth. I want to go over one story in the Old Testament in 2 Kings. And this is one of my favorite stories. And we're talking about the tongue and the importance of our words. And it says, beginning in verse 8, Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, Look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please, let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be. Whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there. And he turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite woman. When he had called her, she stood before him. And and he said to him, Say now to her, Look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? 
Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. So he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son and her husband is old. So he said, call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, No, my lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come of which Elisha had told her. And the child grew. And there's a couple things I want to point out about this story. First of all, when you are reading the Bible, and sometimes you're reading from one chapter to the next chapter, I'm here to tell you that sometimes there's a separation of time, okay? I want you to think this isn't just like a book, and then one chapter might be the next day or something like that. But in this particular case, we're talking about maybe eight or ten years have passed in a couple verses here, okay? He said, by this time next year, you'll have a child, And then it says, and the child grew. But I'm going to go on and talk a little bit about the rest of the story. So basically what happens is this child grew. And when he was about, I don't know, eight or ten years old, and doesn't say what his age was, he all of a sudden got a really bad headache. And, you know, and all of a sudden, bang, he's dead. But I want to point out to this, okay, and this is very important, the power of your words. But anyway, if we go on to verse 26, it says, So it was when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to his servant Gehazi, Look, the Shunammite woman, please run now to meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. Now, guys, the son's dead. Okay? And she realized that her words had power. And so instead of saying he's dead, instead of saying he's sick, he's saying everything's okay. But man of God, I need you to come to my house and I need you to take care of my son. So anyway... The man of God sends his servant Gehazi ahead of him with his staff, hoping that he can make the boy well. But he couldn't. So the man of God had to go. And when he arrived at the house, he actually revived the boy, and the boy actually came to life again. So there's a lot of things to be learned from this lesson. So first of all, the words are very powerful that we speak. Our words can bring forth either life or they can bring forth death. Very, very powerful. Now I'm going to go over a couple more verses real quick. Now in Proverbs, in Proverbs 17 verse 28, it says this, Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. So what it says is a person who is considered a fool, if he keeps his mouth closed and doesn't say anything at all, 
he appears wise. That's not talking. Now listen to Proverb 25, 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. So guys, all of this has to do with our proverb of the day. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. If we keep our mouth closed when we should, we're going to appear wise. If we say the right thing at the right time, our words are like apples of gold. In other words, they're wonderful to hear. And once again, I'm going to go to Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. So guys, the words that come out of our mouth, if we sow good words, good words are going to come back to us. If we sow hateful words, mean words, ugly words to people, those words will be returned to us. I will never close a podcast without giving anyone an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If you would like to repeat after me, Father God, thank you for sending your Lord Jesus to earth. I believe that he is the Son of God, that he died on a cross, and that he rose from the dead and now sits at the right hand of the Father. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I make you my Lord and Savior. Guys, if you said that prayer today, I would like for you to send me a quick email. Let me know. Let me share in the good news. If you have any questions at all, about anything that you read in the Bible, please reach out to me and I will be happy to go over that with you. I'm going to close with a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow as we further explore wisdom today.